Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. We hope you're having a great week as uh, the new year has kicked off and uh, you're rolling in your goals, your resolutions, you're you're killing it, you're killing life, you're winning life, you're doing everything great because you're awesome. Just kidding. (laughs) I mean, you are awesome. But uh, hey, we're thankful you've joined us. Hey, Hmm. James Ross, lead pastor, church on Bayshore. How you doing, buddy? That sounds like like a... You know, the new age charismatic podcast, right? Like you just are, you are, are, yeah, you are you. amazing. It's all yeah. about you. Well, yeah. how are you? <laughs> Thank this you. Year? Thank you. I'm doing well. I feel like you're also kind of like greeting us like it's new year. And but it's not. It's the people who clearly weren't at church the last week. They were telling me happy new year <laughs> this past like, yeah, Sunday. All, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. We're just uh, rolling along. I feel like 2023 has already been going for about two months. Uh, it, I, yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> this time of year, so I would just say there's not necessarily busier and slower seasons in ministry. There's just different seasons. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this time of year, there's so many different things going on because mm-hmm. you're trying to really, you know, kind of get a lot of things headed in the right direction. Right, so, yeah. and same with family too, you know. Yes, so, in fact, as it's school crazy. started this week, we were like, okay, here it goes. It's starting. Like, yeah. We had this nice week of the first week of January it was just. Uh, you know, slower pace. Kids were almost all of our kids were out of school, uh, and you know things. There weren't as much happening here, so we just yeah. felt like it was it was a good ease into it. And then school started, and we were like, "Here we go! Here comes the crazy! All the 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 games and the practices." Yeah, that's true. Basketball season is about to get going. Yeah, yep. So, but, here but we hey, are. lots of great, exciting things, right? Yes, and uh, one of those it's exciting a great season things, in our church it is. I mean, there's some great things happening. I'm looking forward to uh, just events we have coming up, uh, our, our parenting conference happening later in yeah, February. That's yeah. exciting. Um, and really looking ahead, ahead, you know, some of our global trips that we have uh, in, uh, in the summer that we're doing plans for it now. But immediately, I mean, we've got life groups uh, kicking off for the new year. We've got um, a new sermon series centered. Uh, yes. It's just exciting. There's yeah, it is. Man, you and the Missions MLT are like figuring out how to distribute like over $200,000 for it missions is, causes. Yes, That's awesome. It is Can you believe amazing. you're doing that? <laughs> it is wild. Isn't I'm that like, cool? This is amazingly humbling uh, and cool all at the same yeah. time. Like, yeah. wow, what a position to be in as a church where we get to say, God, you – you are answering our prayers. Have and, I uh, mentioned a 501c3 that I started myself? <laughs> That's right. Uh, the uh, the shoe swag foundation. Isn't that weird? Pastor churches shoe. have that com. kind of stuff. Pastor oh, shoes. Nice, nice. Man, churches do that. Churches do that all Not the pastor time. shoes. Not pastor shoes, but <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. Well, a lot of them do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the pastor just starts a 501c3 and the church gives them money and they yeah. just kind of use they it. They buy their house, they down oh, payment. It's so, so weird. It's so shady. And there are anyway. the reasons. Well, not that alone, but man, so many... Just thanks a lot, guys. I'm none of y'all listen to this, but and um, women doing that. <laughs> that's anyway, true. Uh, yes, yeah, it's that's another but, um, story. Hey, so this uh, where we're going uh, here the next few weeks. We're talking uh, on Boggy Talk, really following up our Sunday teachings, uh, a little deeper dive. Uh, and this week specifically, as we kicked off uh, centered, we're in the Book of Galatians, and the Book of Galatians really is the the centrality of the gospel. That's right. Not 
adding on anything mm. to the gospel. So uh, this past week, we started off with Galatians 1, 1 through 10, and wanted to take a little deeper dive and look into some of that. Yeah, we felt uh, like it would be, you know, just a good good follow-up to just, hey, talk a little more about this. I think our notes were James Rants and Justin Reels them in. in. So <laughs> I brought my fishing line. Yeah, good, here. good, <laughs> good. Yeah, so... You're going to need some thick wire for that one, man. Right. <laughs> I don't, is it, I don't know. I've been telling man. some people, you know, about Boggy Talk and that we edit it and they're like, you mean <laughs> there's worse stuff said by you? I'm like, That's funny. Yes. Yeah, there's some things. There's like, dumber ah. things. Yeah. No, there's some things that you, you'll text me afterwards. You're like, hey, I probably delete that. And then there's things I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and delete that for us. For us, not because it's not just <laughs> yeah. well. It's usually me when I get like tongue-tied. I'm like, hala, blah, blah, hala. What I'm trying to say is, and then I need an interpreter for my tongues. Um, just kidding. I don't actually do that. <laughs> um, Speaking of that, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's right. Um, so really, uh, this past week, you talked about the two common reasons people drift away mm. from the gospel. Mm. The first being lawlessness mm-hmm. and the uh, second being legalism. So mm-hmm. what do you mean lawlessness? <laughs> well, why don't you go back and listen to the sermon, Justin? Well, I'll tell you what my notes okay. say that I took. Okay. Basically, yeah, I'm curious to hear that. lawlessness, we're saying the standard is too high, so we just make up our own standard. Yeah. Uh, we make up our own version of Christianity. This is the whole follow your heart yeah. mentality mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like, and basically that is like, I don't want to do that, so I'm just going to make my own standard. And the problem is that the standard is constantly moving because our hearts are constantly shifting. Right. Um, so how do you see that really practically mm-hmm. lived out? Yeah, I, I think that at, at the root of both lawlessness and legalism really is um, pride. Uh, I think they're both uh, a me-centric uh, drift away from the gospel. And and I think that's important when I say that, because it doesn't mean that someone who is drifting in those directions isn't a Christian, right? Because mm-hmm. to say that would then be counter yeah. <laughs> countering what you're saying about the gospel they being what saves. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like being a legalist means you can't be saved. It's like, what? The gospel is saying that. God saves legalists. God saves, you know, right. uh, people who are lawless. So again, I think that's an important distinction. I do think we might question each other's fruit, but yeah, I, I think that with both lawlessness and legalism is this appraisal of the gospel and this realization that, um, you know, I don't get what I want, whether that's my pride being built up or my indulgence. So I'm, I might say that with lawlessness, we're looking to gratify ourselves more than we think God's mm. uh, guidance for our life gives us. And with um, legalism, we're looking to elevate ourselves more than the gospel elevates ourselves. The interesting thing, and I'm maybe cutting the tension here, is that um, the Bible seems to indicate that we will be both exalted and gratified in heaven in a way that we could never give ourselves. Mm. So what we're doing here, you know, if, if you look at if you look at the temptation of Jesus, you know, what is he being tempted with? He's being tempted with exaltation, gratification mm-hmm. and really protection. Yeah. And those are things that will all happen to him in heaven. He's just tempted to do them on his own. So I think when we we become Christians who practice lawlessness, we are not trusting in God's freedom, mm. gratification, reward. And we're saying, I need to change the standard. I need to lower the standard uh, because it's restrictive. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, maybe it's, maybe I feel like it's too hard. It's too much work. Maybe I feel like uh, it just doesn't make me happy. You know, whatever, whatever, maybe I think we arrive at that for different reasons. And so as I pointed out this past Sunday, and I'd be curious to hear, you know, your thoughts on this um, 
progressivism is a is a is a cause excuse me is a is a is a fruit of this um i also think um you know like this meism this prosperity gospel destiny uh you know purpose like um Your, which yeah. jesus jesus is our destiny is our purpose mm-hmm. right but it becomes something we define on earth i think that those are um ways that we end up kind of drifting away from the gospel I agree. I think it's interesting you talked about the Jesus' temptation because as you were saying this, I was thinking really, you know, the the temptation in this is that um, you know, all temptation is rooted in like not believing and not trusting the sufficiency of, of who God is and his right. promises to us. And I think sometimes with lawlessness, it's really a pendulum shift. You know, I think some people who who do go after lawlessness, it's a response to Maybe one time before they were legalist and trying yeah, to keep you're the right, law and you're realized right. they couldn't keep the law. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, if I can't do it, then, man, just screw all the standards. I'm just going to do what I want to. Mm-hmm. Like say screw on a boggy talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that? kidding. No, uh, you shouldn't. But, you're you know, fine. Like, <laughs> Trust me, I've said worse. Yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and just chase after what I want. Right. With the promise, you know, I think with sin, it's not just not trusting. It's also believing false promises yeah. and believing that is what will fulfill us. Right. Uh, and really what, what, what we'll find if we do that is to find out that we will never fully be satisfied because we'll never be fully self uh, you know, the self-actualization right. we're looking for, our complete happiness. We are created for that not to be filled and fulfilled apart from Christ. Yeah, I, th- I think you're getting onto something that's important here. I think Christians that are drifting to lawlessness, and I, and I wanted to use the word liberalism because that's probably a better word, but instantly people, people would think I was talking about politics. And so, mm-hmm. you know, lawlessness may be a little too strong because it doesn't mean there isn't some law, right. uh, but we're just very liberal with mm-hmm. the law. The Christian is actually going to be kind of miserable <laughs> in, in that place. And because they do think there's some law, they do think there's some value in the gospel. They do think there's some value in trusting God. And so they've just kind of taken this very uh, relaxed approach to a lot of those things that they think are restrictive and often in response to what they've seen um, legalism do to themselves and and to others. And so, you know, but the non-Christian who rejects the gospel basically and yet needs justification, I think they continue to pursue um, just lawlessness to no end, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on where they were raised. Yeah, I agree. agree. So if we're talking about that as a reaction to legalism, let's talk about legalism. Yeah. You know, which is you said, or at least my notes say is – so maybe this is my interpretation of what you said Ooh, in the that's, sermon. Like, that's... we think the standard's too easy, so we yeah. look for things that we can accomplish yeah. and be proud of. And I think uh, that is so true uh, because we just because it's it, legalism. Ultimately, it feels a little easier, right? Uh, but the deeper you dive into it, and the deeper, the more you try to be legalistic, you realize it's not as easy because the standard just keeps getting right. raised, uh, and you realize you can't actually ever achieve it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's important as we talk about legalism to 
define what is legalism and what isn't, mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times what happens uh, in an effort to pursue that, uh, follow your heart, you know, uh, we're all created uniquely, which is true. We are all created uniquely. You do you, uh, mm -hmm. but um, don't, that, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first part yeah. of that was, is that we're like, when we say, hear things like, hey, you should read your Bible. You're like, oh, you shouldn't be legalistic about that. Right, well, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be punishing yourself and, and going down a road of God doesn't love me if you, and God doesn't approve of me if you miss it day in the word. Uh, but at the same time, you should read your Bible. Yeah. You should be yeah. a part of a church. You should give like these are, so we're not, legalism is not, uh, saying that you shouldn't just do these things. Like these right. are good disciplines and practices and really means of God's grace towards us. But legalism is using those as a standard to think we're right with God. Yeah. I, th I think that, and we'll, this is kind of getting ahead of where we'll be going in Galatians as we continue. But I, I think so much of it is Christianity is a response. Mm. It's not earning God's favor. It's a response to God's favor. And so why am I reading the Bible? Why should I read the Bible? Because God has saved me. And so if he did not spare his own son, how will he not graciously with him give me uh, all things? And so why would I not trust him for everything else in life? So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, stop, yeah. yeah. So uh, full stop is right. So, so legalism says, I've got to do this because of the guilt I feel for my sin. And if I don't do this, then I don't measure up. That is a failure to understand the gospel because my children are not loved because of what they do. They are loved because of the position right. that they have mm -hmm. by me. Period. Full stop. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, in a human nature, do I maybe struggle with my feelings towards them mm -hmm. because of their actions? Yes. Yeah. God does not. not. Mm, he's perfect. When he, and I was just counseling someone the other day about the gospel and they were talking to me about the things they did wrong in their life. They made some mistakes. They want to get better. And I said, you need to understand that when you did that thing, that's when Christ is dying for you on the cross. Like, mm. like Christ is on the cross for you in that moment. Yeah. Like that's, that's Christianity. So, so, I, but I, but I think, you know, it's like, well, where is my credit in that? <laughs> what do I get? Yeah. What do I, why did I could like, I'm winning by doing nothing. Like, mm -hmm. so, so I, I, you know, my kids have way more time to do this than me, but I grew up playing Madden and, you know, I, I enjoy it. Well, if I played Madden on rookie, I would win a hundred to zero. Right. And so it's like, I'm winning. Right. But like, the reason I'm winning is because the settings are on right. rookie. And so I want to play at a harder level uh, because I want to like mm -hmm. show that I got, I did this. I feel good about myself and do this. And I think that's how people approach Christianity. Right. It's like, we want to feel good about it. And you see that's prideful. Right. Absolutely. Cause then it's us doing it. Yes. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a tension we have. To, I think it goes back to you, this, this tension we live in and manage because it, you know, it, we've got to stay centered on the gospel and what Jesus has done. And I'll use this as an analogy, like, you know, in ministry, you know, the legalistic <clears throat> temptations we can have is to say, 
the the better things are going at church, the more people who are being baptized, the more people who are here, yeah, the more good. people to give, the more responsive people seem in worship. Like we were like, yeah, we're doing great. God must be so proud of us. Right. But, mm. uh, and we could also, you know, say that that's not true. That's not true. And then go to the lawlessness side. Right. Like yeah. none yeah. of that matters. It yeah. just matters if my heart's right and, and not care if right. people are being baptized and not care if people are growing and just kind of like let it go to the wind. And the, that's wrong too. The gospel keeps us centered in saying these things are important. The church should be uh, reaching people. This should be the church should be making disciples. But then again, that's not my identity as a mm-hmm. son of God, mm-hmm. and my value to God isn't tied to how well I perform. It's it's because what Jesus has performed on my behalf, and that's that situation that applies to no matter who you are, no matter what your occupation is, yeah. no matter what your role in life is. Like the gospel keeps us centered that these things are important, but they're not our identity. Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Our church in a lot of ways, like is experiencing a lot of the things that people would look to and say that success. But, you know, I think I, I don't think our motivation, I mean, I, I I don't think I mean, obviously, there's the temptation there. But by and large, I don't think the motivation of any of our leaders is to be put on a pedestal, you know, to, to be recognized. I really think we want Jesus to be glorified. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, but to know that you really have to get to know, uh, people's hearts. Um, and we are called to, to discern each other's hearts. And, and so I think, I think like taking it down to a personal level, then yes, the fruit is what should happen. Like people who love Jesus should be reading the Bible. People who love Jesus should be honoring their spouse, raising their children to know the Lord, mm-hmm. being disciplined, like sharing the gospel, giving money, like, but you can do those for the wrong reason. So Mm -hmm. how do you avoid it becoming this religious problem? Well, you have to really get to know each other. And I think that people don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think even for us as a church, like the, the tendency is people to put an arm up and keep people at an arm's length. And the tendency for us, because our life is so busy is to say, that's cool. Yeah. All right. That's as long as there's not a major problem. Right. And then the major problem happens. The affair happens. The, the major debt issue happens. Mm -hmm. The divorce happens. And we're like, what? Yeah. And it's like, how did we get here? Because Mm -hmm. we weren't really getting to know somebody's heart, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, we can't do that for everybody, you and I, but there should be the culture in the church where people are getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. I, I know that there are people in this church who've been playing the religious game for 30 years, but I know their family members who know them and they know that they're, they're playing a religious game. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think we are just so much more easily like, I think churches have, and this isn't a new problem. This has been a problem, you know, well, probably since the church was born, but like we are just more easily satisfied with knowing about each other than knowing each other. That's so good. Like, oh, I know I've known them for 50 years and it's like, well, or I've known them for 10 years or I've been in life group with them for three years, but okay, well tell me about them. Right. Well, I know they're a good guy. I know that's a good, she's great. Yeah. And that's all we know because we yeah. haven't really pressed into these issues or the things that really help us grow. And I think that's where people have said, Oh, well that's legalistic. We're holding, holding each other to any kind of standard is legalism. Well, no, because we want to grow. We, and if you, 
there's no target. What are you growing towards? If we're right. not growing towards Christ-likeness, if we're not growing towards being more like him, what are we growing towards? Well, we're, then we're growing to be more like the world. And yeah. we don't want to do that. Yeah. And, and I would say when I was younger and getting passionate about the Lord and his word, and I saw people who profess Christianity, who are there, who had these obvious issues in their life. I was angry like uh, about them and I looked down upon them and I would just say, and, and I truly think this is, this is an indicative of the gospel. Now I really am more amazed that God loves me. You know what I mean? Like I see at, this is what amazes me about the gospel. Like I'm 40 now. I've been a pastor for 15 years now. And there are things that I still struggle with in my thought life and whatever. And I'm like, seriously, you know so much about the Bible and you know so much about life because of the position God's put you in. And you still are like in kindergarten here. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, like I need remedial Christianity and I'm Dr. James Ross, yeah. who's the pastor of, like, seriously. Right, right. So like, how could God love me? And so I know that what people need from me, yes, the truth, but they need to hear the truth mixed with the greatest truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that can change their life, even if they've been religious and not passionate for 30 years. And I can't look down upon them because I could easily be them because right. in some ways I am yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Like you just are very increasingly aware of God, why do you put up with me? Seriously. You know, like, why do you? you and he doesn't gracious. just put up with you. He yeah, loves love you. Yeah, exactly. That's a great, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't just tolerate us. Yeah. He actually loves us. He's He loves us so much that he gave us his son. He loves us so much that he's still working. He loves us so much that he disciplines us. He loves us so much that he doesn't leave us alone, that he's with us at all times. And, you know, I think the it is impossible to fully grasp the gospel and be proud. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Think, you know, They're enemies with the word. Pride, you know, God, God hates pride because I think pride is, pride is the opposite of love. You know, pride is the opposite of the gospel. Um, yeah, we, we think we're so good. We think we've achieved something. Even even if we have natural abilities or talents, we take credit for that. And like, yeah. Oh, you would. We don't have any of that apart from Christ. And yes, we we work hard. Yes, we train. Yes, but. Even that is because of God's grace to us. And ultimately it's for his glory. It's yeah. for his glory. It's for his glory and not our own. So, um, man, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's a lot we right could say there. And I, I think, I think, you know, we're really getting into the issue is, is what is the central focus, you know, and, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this, but out of the abundance, the heart, the mouth speaks. I think that people who are centered around the gospel talk about the gospel mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. And it becomes the lens through which they see everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's important. I think I think it's mm -hmm. it's the most important thing. Yeah. And I think, so. you know, a good way to maybe end this part of the, the conversation is to say, you know, what in our lives are we doing because we think it is causing God to love us more? And how do we flip that and say, God, change my motive to do this as a response to how much you love me? Mm -hmm. um, and really just to honestly, Lord, am I doing stuff to, to try to please, like to earn your love rather than just to 
but please you because you're my father. Right. Because I want to honor, you know, just so I would encourage you if you're listening to this, just to take time to, to examine your heart, have the Holy Spirit search your heart and search your motives and, uh, you know, not to run to legalism or lawlessness, but to run to the gospel of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, well, I guess that takes us into a uh, time of questions All right. and some All right. questions. Uh, we, we are kicking off life groups in January is a great time to get connected. And people often ask this question, uh, I'm not connected and I don't feel like I can get connected. What if I'm not getting connected in a life group? What do I do? Change. Go. Just go. <laughs> change done? everything about done? you. You said change. I said go. So <laughs> um, uh, I think, you know, <sighs> I think first let's start with the easy. I, yeah, the well, low, well you said this before. If you keep going to several different groups at several different churches, what I, you it's said probably, this. Yeah. I get every, you know, if, if you, you go to a bunch of different groups, if you've gone to a bunch of places and you just can't find community anyway, the problem may not be everyone else. Right, right. It could be yeah. you. Yeah, we love you. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, and I, I would say that to the mirror myself. Yeah, right. You know? um, I think that's, that's a great, just examine your heart. I think a lot of times, um, sometimes people come to life group like craving, like knowing they desperately need community. Yeah. Um, they need some friends, you know, they're new in the area or they're new in their faith and they know like I need to be around believers. And then we have other mm-hmm. people who are like, I don't need that. I don't, I don't necessarily need the friends, but I know that the Bible has called me to community. So mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm showing up and you know, there's lots of different personalities. There's introverts, extroverts, yeah. and all those things. But I think ultimately um, you just have to go and you have to try. Uh, listen, uh, I think we have great group leaders, but we don't have any perfect life group. And, um, and we, because we're not perfect people. So mm-hmm. you may go to a group and, and if, you may go there and it may not be the most welcoming mm-hmm. group. And I don't, mm-hmm. we don't, we want that to change if that's the case. Um, and so we want to know and try to help coach life group leaders and our groups into doing that. But you know, that's not going to be the case in every group. I say, just mm-hmm. go and try. And if no one's talking to you, like be the one who talks to them. Mm-hmm. And I recognize I'm an extrovert. Uh, and so that's a little easier for me. Uh, but you just have to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and, um, and you may or may not make a best friend. Um, but, Hopefully you do find people who will encourage you, who will, um, you know, invest in you, but also you invest in as well. Um, just yeah. take a consumer mentality to it. Yeah. Be careful that we, you know, check your expectations, you know, don't, don't have this idealistic, you know, expectation. I think that that is something that really causes problems. You know, we, when we go into marriage and we think our marriage is going to look like something we've seen in the movies or, you know, uh, which we're not seeing the whole real picture, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, what a romantic story. What did it look, half, what yeah. did it look like in five years, you know, after that, or what does it look like on the weekends? And I think people do that with Christian community too. Like, you know, we're all gathered around eating meal. It's like, where are all the kids, you know, if you have mm-hmm. kids and, um, so, so I do think that, you know, just check your expectations. Don't expect people, to be Jesus, you know, and they're not Jesus. And, and I do think, um, you know, we put people on pedestals that they don't deserve to be on that they never asked to be on. Um, and so, yeah, and I think it takes time. And I would just say, if you're a person that desires more transparency, more accountability, like, why don't you be the initiator of that? You know, you might be the life that new group needed. And yeah, I mean, sometimes you just know, this isn't my, these aren't my people. I don't connect with this group. Yeah. And I need more. I think a leader doesn't ever really feel that way. They're like, I can figure it out. But, um, you know, I think not everybody's there. And so you keep finding your group. 
you need to be consistent. Intentionality with proximity. You do need yes, to be around. Be consistent. I would say, uh, you know, be the one who goes to the life group leader and says, hey, how can I help? And yeah. hey, or if, if there is a problem, like, hey, I feel like we're not doing how be a problem, bring the solution with the problem. Because I think our life group leaders are really good at they our life group leaders are very connected to the people in their group and know what's going on. Uh, and because and I say this as someone who is a life group leader. I can forget that because I know what's going on in people's lives and because I'm connected that not everybody else in the group feels right, that same right. connection to everybody. So I've got to constantly be saying, how do I help in that? And then, you know, we're still figuring that out uh, as, as group leaders. So. And, and I'll just say, you know, if you're like, I really want these deep friendships centered around Christ, um, but uh, I'm going to Jackson Hole this month and I'm going to Disney next month and we have, you know, travel sports three out of four Sundays for these four months. It's like it ain't gonna happen, right? Yeah, it's it's not. And, and you're like, man, it's, man, I just feel like I struggle to connect the church, but then I connect with this group over here. It's like, yeah, because you're around that group right. way you will, more, you will right? Connect with who you're around, yeah. yeah. And exactly. I do think that we shouldn't just be at the church, gathered with Christians all the mm-hmm. time, but we also do need that kind of community. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, and I, you yeah. know, I think like our life group is it's it's such a. I say random and I don't, I don't mean that in a negative, but it's such a random grouping of people that, uh, but in our group time is just great because, because of that, I think these are people that it's like, everyone's running in different circles, uh, and which I kind of like, and then we come together and it's, there's a great, what you have in common is Christ. Yeah, exactly. And so we come together and this is great. And I think, you know, if, it's just, it's just a cool thing. Yeah, that's how cool the body of Christ works. So, Amen. Um, hey, so we're going to close this out with- Also, if you need recommendations on groups, we're happy to help oh, you. Oh, yeah. Email us. Yeah, yeah. So if you're Me, not connected, let us know. Michael, Justin. We'll get you connected. Our connect mm-hmm. team will, all the folks, all the people will help you get connected. So uh, we're going to close out today with a very short, uh, but I think very funny game because- uh, You think. You don't know this. If Well, you maybe know this if you are our friends, but uh, this past week, uh, Christy and I, uh, celebrated our anniversary. Oh, and wow. This coming yes, week, you did. Yep. Uh, James and Christy, the, a different Christy, yeah, uh, celebrated I, their anniversary, yeah. but we both uh, got married in the same year, 2006. Yeah, we but, did not know each other. Yeah, I did not, but got married yeah. a week apart. So yeah. um, here's a little trivia. We're going to do a little, little trivia, 2006 trivia, because it's the year we got married. Wow, that's <laughs> a good right, game. So, 2006 trivia. So here we go. This game uh, so is- I was just- a blur of romance. That's right. So you didn't so, pay attention yes, to anything in yes. the world. So uh, <laughs> this this game is brought to you by the year that brought you low-rise jeans, the birth of Shiloh, Jolie, Pitt, and the year that Western Union stopped sending telegrams. I don't even so, know what any of those three things are. All right. So um, we're going to play. You're just going to tell me the top thing of that year. So okay. we're going to go by category. Okay. Gonna, it's going to be multiple choice because as I was going through these choices, there's no way I could. Uh, let me see this. if I can get it first and then give me multiple okay. choice. Okay. The year, a 2000. 2006. Okay. The top grossing movie was 2006. 2006. Mm, give me choices. All right. Superman Returns. Okay. Pirates of Caribbean, The Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Okay. X-Men Last Stand. Okay. Cars. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That was a big deal. That was was a big big, deal. It was the second one. It had been a three year break. So, wow. Cars came out that year. I didn't have kids yet. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? Um, All right. Top girl baby names. Top girl baby names in 2006. So, these are uh, Chloe. (laughs) These are names you're going to be hearing walking across the graduation stage this year. Um, All right. Well, they would be 16. 17, right? 17, oh yeah, seventeen. 17 yeah, yeah, yeah. So seventeen. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, but they would be born. Yeah, okay. All right. It's not a- Chloe. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Chloe. Okay. Ava. Phoebe. Rachel. Emma. Okay. Emma. Emma. It's Madison. Emma. 
or Isabella. It's Emma. It is Emma. Emma is yeah. number one. Yeah, that was Lots number one for a few Emma's. years yeah, there. Emma yeah, there because Rachel on Friends named her baby. Ah, Emma. That's okay, okay. Right, that's okay. why Emma was popular. All right, yeah. so top baby boy name in 2006. Ethan, Aiden, Jacob, or Jack? So that's tough because Jacob was like number one for a long time. So I'm going with Jacob, but Aiden was probably up there. Aiden's number one. Okay, Jacob was okay. number two. Okay. Jack Jake- makes a resurgence to a classic name that came back in 2006 because of the popularity of two Jacks on TV. Okay. Jack Bauer and oh, yeah. Jack Shepard, 24 and Lost, were like two, oh, two of the top Jack TV Shepherd. shows. Oh, Jack Shepard. Yeah, Lost. We watched Lost a few years later. Yeah. yeah. And it was like so good. You season one and two, binge watching on it. That was like the first yes, movie show amazing. we ever binge watched on Netflix. Yeah, oh, it's such a good show until and then, then season and five. And binge six. watching a little marriage thing about Christina doesn't work well because I fall asleep in the first 10 <laughs> minutes and then she watches like three episodes yeah. and is like up at one o'clock in the morning with wide eyes. And, <laughs> and it's if like, you miss one episode of Lost, yeah, Lost or whatever sure. it might be. Yeah. Okay. So the top TV show of 2006, and we're going to go back. Was it Lost? No, okay. not Lost. So first uh, is uh, we're going to have first the top sitcom. Okay. King of Queens. No. Two and a half men. Mm, maybe. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I two, should say two and a half men. Two and a half men. That was hard because I was like, man, what a low year for comedy. Right. On TV. <laughs> yeah, Those yeah. are the choices. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. So top drama. All right. Top drama. We have Desperate Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Grey's Anatomy. Oh. CSI. Okay. Or House. I would say Grey's Anatomy. Oh, it's number two. Okay. House. Number four. Okay. The other ones? CSI. Is CSI. One. Really? In 06? And then, that hung on that CSI long? CSI Miami was Yeah, I do remember that. So there, were, there was like a CSI for every major city. There was, yeah. Um, all right, I got into then, that for like a year. Yeah. And then yeah. the top overall. My grandma really likes it. Top overall TV show. We have Sunday Night Football, American Idol, Survivor. Hmm. Dancing with the Stars or 60 Minutes? You give me a lot. I'm going with Dancing with the Stars in 06. Oh, it's number two. 60 number Minutes? Two. Uh, or did you just throw that four. in randomly? Number Whatever four. the first one was. Uh, Sunday Night Football? Yeah. That's number three. <laughs> I don't know. American Idol. Really? That Still was, in 06? That, that was like the height of like, that was... Uh, that was Clint, shortly what, after the uh, Carrie Underwood season. Oh, because so you got still pretty high. So I watched season one, Kelly Clarkson, you know, yeah, and yeah, then Kelly Clarkson, Kelly Clarkson and, and then <laughs> um, so awesome. And yeah, then you got Clay Aiken and Ruben Stuttered, right, <laughs> right in year two. two. And then I have no idea. I remember Fantasia like, got hosed Fantasia, or something. She was in. Like, Did she win? She won. Oh, and then because we watched it. Faithfully. Carrie Underwood's been the most successful, was, right? Yeah, she and Kelly Clarkson are probably the two top. And then one year she didn't win, but Jennifer Hudson was on it. Uh, oh, wow. What a what a girl can say. There was like uh, the um, Christian guy, like the Christian guy would always come in second or third. Yeah, because yeah, they, like, they were know. too squeaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Danny Gokey. Danny Gokey. Did he win? Yeah, didn't he win one? Did he win? I don't know. He's a, he's a CCM artist now. I bet we got some people out there. Yeah. Actually, those kind of people probably don't listen to Buy Your Talk. No, I don't know. Maybe, right. maybe like former. American Idol fans. <laughs> That's right. We used to. Is it still around? Man, yeah. Oh, it's, it's like been revamped and it's still on. There's new people. I, um, we used to watch it all the time. We would call I just him. remember the guy was like, she bangs, she bangs. <laughs> you remember that guy? No, um, yes. Oh man. He was so bad. So bad. I don't want to say what I think his name is. Cause I might just be making that up yeah. and it could be inappropriate. <laughs> all right. So speaking of music, top songs. Oh yes. All right. So we've got, uh, the five top songs, the billboard top 100, five top songs. Which one was number one? Okay. Is it- I'm going to try and put them in order. All right. We have. Sean Paul, Temperature. 
Never heard of it. Shakira, Hips Don't Lie. James Blunt, You're Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Daniel Powder, Bad Day. Okay. Natasha Bedingfield, Unwritten. Is James Blunt, You're Beautiful, number one? It is not. Oh. Is Natasha Bedingfield number one? It is not. Oh, I don't know the other. Bad day is not. Bad day. I don't even know. How's that go? Oh, you had a bad day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which also is what they played on American Idol. I've had a bad day at this game. (laughs) When they got kicked off American Idol, they played that game. Yeah, man. You're bringing back memories. I'm telling you, 06 was a blur. However, Unwritten, Christy made me watch The Hills in our first year of marriage. (laughs) Or second year of marriage. I'm pretty sure that's a song that some church has co opted as a worship song. I'm pretty sure I've heard that in a church before. Still Unwritten. Yeah. Oh, but all right. So we're going to wrap it up. Staring at the blanks. All right. The number you. one Christian out my dirty CCM window or song. something, bedroom window. <laughs> just, I don't know. I just love like you're just still singing. <laughs> I know. All that's right. still unwritten. Yeah. I sound you like a commercial, don't I? Lips, that's, that's good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> There's my tongues again. There you go. Okay. Um, last right. one. The number. Yes, last one. Christian song. Number one <laughs> Christian <laughs> song. <laughs> gonna... I had moved on to lawlessness a little bit at this time, so I wasn't listening to any Christian music. <laughs> All right. Christmas music. Christian so your music. choices are. Chris how great Tomlin, is our God? Oh, six. Chris Tomlin. How great is our God? A hundred percent. Chris Tomlin made to worship. I was going to say they're all Chris Tomlin probably <laughs> right, in 2006. Aaron Schust, my savior, my God. Yeah, that's probably number two. Casting crowns, praise you in the storm. That's. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, according to Caleb, that's. So I would go. How, how, that's right. <laughs> how great is our God? Praise you in the storm. My savior lives. The other Tomlin song. All right. So number one, I was surprised at this, but it was actually my savior, my God, Aaron. Schuster. I wonder if that's because Tomlin, like it was an overlap so of time. Many, yeah. Because I. Th- oh, five, oh, six. Yeah. yeah how yeah. great is our God came in at number four. Really? Uh, it must. Yeah. It must have either been the on the storm. way out or on the way back. Yeah. Why don't storm. we do that song ever? It's such a great song. I don't know. We should do it. Maybe we'll Why do don't you do any of the original songs? <laughs> right. Like How Great Is Our God? I, I think that one's actually in the Baptist. The and How Baptist He Loves. Hymnal. I bet you've done How He Loves so much that you just can't even like worship to it, it anymore. It was one of those that like I just held off doing How He Loves really? for so long. Okay. And then we did it and it was like kind of like, oh, it was cool because we had held off so long yeah. to do it, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. And Praise You in the Storm. Um, yeah, I don't do that one. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Um, I, I, that you still hear that song on the radio because that's what Caleb does. So I have memories of that song, but I can't bring up because I don't know who listens to Boggy Talk. <laughs> I don't want to offend I'm anyone. I'm interested to hear this. Yeah, so, we'll talk about it in uh, just a I'll moment. Come in, uh, Boggy, co- Boggy Talk Uncut. <laughs> that's we'll right. talk about that. Un- you have to pay $9.99 a month for our Patreon. $999 a month right. <laughs> to hear Boggy Talk Uncut. <laughs> That'll be coming out on Patreon soon. So uh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, because we have to pay for income because we'll lose our jobs. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Subsidized. Yeah. Oh, hey. We, we, um, we're going to continue the conversation next time on Boggy Talk. We're going to dive in a little bit more talking about legalism. We're going to talk about, be talking about progressivism. Uh, we have an interview coming up. I think it's just going to be a former legalist. Yeah. yeah. Just to hear some perspective. <laughs> it's uh, just yeah. you with a mustache and a hat. <laughs> You're like, I used to be a legalist. <laughs> My name is Lloyd Legalist. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. So, hey. Is that a Twitter uh, account? It is a Twitter oh, okay. account. That's right. It's not original. Is so. the church curmudgeon still around? He is still around. Okay. So that's a funny account to follow. Okay. So follow that on Twitter. If you're on the tweeter. Is uh, Carl Lit still around? <laughs> I think he's been canceled. Oh, okay. So. Okay. So, was he a legalist? Is that what that I was? I don't think he was a legalist. <laughs> I think he was not just lawless. He was a little <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so, that's good. Uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.